on Shoes Views, episode 28. You're not going to miss it. We kick off the Strive for Greatness and Blue Chip series with Amir Robinson. It's going to be big time. Stay tuned for that right for the first topic. What will I be discussing for you guys? Oh, I'm going to hit up all about the 2018 update. I'm going to give you all about the 2018 NBA draft class. I'm going to let you guys know how they played this year. I'm going to let you know about the potential and so much more. Then, I'm also going to give you guys a free agency update. Some of the moves that continue to back up, and you're not going to want to miss what I have to say about those moves as the season comes closer and closer every day, and boy, am I excited. Don't forget to go follow me at Zach Shoemaker on Instagram or Twitter so you guys can stay up to date on all news. With that being said, though, I say we get right into episode 28. It's going to be a big-time one, so let's get going. What's going on, everyone? I hope that everyone's had a very incredible week and is ready for a very blessed weekend. Before I go any further, I want to introduce myself. I'm your host, Zach Shoemaker, and I'm at my home in Gibbard, Arizona. You know, you're not going to miss, though, because after the first topic, NCBC star Amir Robinson kicks off the highly anticipated series, including the SFG and NCBC series. Before that, though, I want to give an update and an outlook on what the 2018 NBA rookie class was like and what I see them being in the future. So, let's get right into it. So there hasn't been too many crazy stuff going down this past week, so I decided to hit up something that some of you guys recommended I do back when we first started when I asked for stuff in my stories. That being said, I'm going to talk about this year's draft class, my take on it, the top players from based on performance from the first year, and then who I think they're going to pan out in terms of the potential. There's a lot of stuff going down. You guys know my thing about this draft class. I'm going to restate it. You guys might have forgot a lot of them. We haven't talked about Luca. We haven't talked about a few guys because maybe they just haven't been in the media as much. But listen. I truly do believe this draft class will be amongst the best. It will be amongst the best of the challenge through LeBron James, D-Way, Chris Bosh, Mello, and company. It will be along the company of the Michael Jordan and company and Hakeem Olajuwon and all those great guys there. It will be one of those greatest ones, but even better. I think this has a chance, and this probably will be, the greatest draft class in NBA history. Because, yes, you see the front-end stars. You've got your Luka, Trey Young, DeAndre, Marvin. you got Jackson. you got Robinson. you got all these guys. But... Then you fill out, how many of these guys do you see being in the NBA for eight plus years? Being legit NBA veterans in this league. I mean, I look down this list, I see at least 30, if not more. I mean, very well, you could have more than that. I mean, this is something special, folks. I love it. I love seeing this. And this draft class is something that is not to be messed with. So I'm going to talk about performance and how I rank them based on their rookie years. Not potential, not how I see them in the future, just how they play the rookie years. Now, obviously, you see, like I said, potential means that they might get more opportunity as they get older. Maybe they get more and more adjusted. They need, they're younger, whatever it may be. I'm just going by who performed the best this year. So number one, obviously, is rookie of the year, Luka Doncic. Is there much to dispute there? Yes, Trey Young was spectacular, but obviously Luka was better throughout the course of a year. Trey Young was incredible the second half of the year, no doubt. But Lucas still had more in majority of stat categories. And this is one of those things truly where I say probably any of the year he might win. I feel like we said that a lot, but that word is overused. So yes, Trey Young is second. And third is DeAndre Ayton. He was very underrated. No one talked about him, but he was a double-double machine that brought it every night. And it's going to be someone great. Speaking of DeAndre, though, I do still believe that Phoenix might have messed up. Not in terms of DeAndre. Don't get me wrong. DeAndre is something special. He will be a Eight, nine-time All-Star potentially. I think he's going to be one of the best big men in the league. But my opinion is big men are cheaper now, and you only need them to do one thing. Even Joel Embiid is not able to win championships by himself right now. It doesn't get done like that. 
but that's MP that can shoot the three, the more dominant, taller, stronger, all that. DeAndre's not shooting that much. So I just wonder, you need to have a shot blocking center, but that's why I think they needed a four, like Marvin Bagley, but that's a story for another time. But DeAndre Ayton, yes, he was the third best rookie in terms of playing. He played a majority of the season's games. Number four is Colin Sexton. That man was a stud. He was a stud. And I, if you guys remember, back last summer, one year ago, I was saying on that a story on my Instagram story, I talked about uh, who's better, who did your dad take, D'Angelo or Colin Sexton? Majority of people said Sexton. And they, they, they were right. Not necessarily right, but they, they showed up. And it's true. He did show up and he surprised me. But obviously, D'Angelo took the step I knew he would take. And yeah, the rest is there. But Sexton is something special. I like the guy. I think him and Garland's going to be something a lot like what they're playing on them being. I see a lot of Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum in those two, potentially. If not even better. It's going to be a little, little mix-up between it. But yeah, Marvin Bagley is the fifth best player. And once again, you might wonder, how did the all first-team NBA, because it's not enough guards. Obviously, Luka, Trey Young, guard, yeah. Marvin Bagley, fifth best player. He didn't play a lot. He was hurt a lot on and off. But when he played, he was a stud. He outplayed got every rookie he really played against. It's Marvin Bagley, and that's why I think he's going to be one of the top players. We're going to talk about that in potential in a little bit. Jaron Jackson Jr. is the sixth best player. He missed the majority of the second half of the season. He was incredible while he played. If you remember, a rookie, when he was in the beginning of the season, literally came in and had a huge comeback against Brooklyn Nets at Barclays before Brooklyn won the run. He's big time. He can shoot. He can score. He's confident. He's long, lengthy. He's going to be something special to behold. Kevin Knox is the seventh best. He did have a lot of consistency issues, but he still produced at a high level for the New York Knicks. Shadio Alexander is number eight. He obviously went through the playoffs. He obviously did not have enough rebounds and assists and steals and all that necessarily. But he still was a great player that brought his game every night and night out. I think that's going to continue to develop into a very special guard that Oklahoma City now has. But for the Clippers last year, he was special. Number nine is his backcourt teammate in Landry Shamet. Was huge for Philadelphia in the beginning of the year, being a young guy coming in on a playoff contending roster. Championship contending roster, to be honest. And was producing shooting. Then he went to L.A. and obviously lit it up. Averaging 12 and a half, 13 points, whatever it might have been. Number 10 was Wendell Carter. He missed a, almost half the season. But the games we saw him, he played at a very high level. And I had to do it. It was only right to give him number 10. Number 11 is the guy I'm very high on, Mitchell Robinson. He didn't play literally anything until the very end of the season. But that very end of the season was something spectacular. Which is why I got him number 11 in this kind of draft class. I mean, the guy was one of the top shot blockers in the entire NBA. He averaged a historic amount of blocks. He's going to be someone... That's going to be an elite Rudy Gobert type of player. Number 12, McCall Bridges was one of the top stealers in the entire NBA. He produced at a nice level there. Very good. Just walked in in Phoenix. A very inconsistent system. I mean, you had Josh, you're competing with TJ Warren for a lot. You had a reason to start the season. A lot of inconsistency in Phoenix. He found a way to just be consistent and find his role. Love it. 13, Kevin Hirder. You guys, I mean, a lot of people talk about how great he's going to be. I think he's going to be a very, very good player. But I'm just not sure how we rank him number like so high. Like, I like 13 for him. He was a good player, but he only has about 8.5-9 points a game. That's where I'm going to put him. I like him, though. Number 14, Alonzo Trier. He killed it some games. He was inconsistent. Although, that's where the average comes out to where he's about a little over 10 and about 11 points per game. Number 15 is the Brooklyn Nets, Rodion's Karuks. Came out of nowhere. Really had the issue with his potential lottery first-round pick a couple years ago. Had the whole overseas issue. Fell to Brooklyn in the second round. And obviously came in and got a few minutes there and there. Had a little injury. Bounced back and was a huge person. Where when he started, Brooklyn was a playoff team. He was he key for Brooklyn as a rookie. Jalen Brunson's number 16. He started the big time on the end of the year when they started shutting down Luka. After the trade happened, they were just shutting down players. He was big time. He's going double digits the majority of those games. Big time leader. I like the way Brunson played last year. Josh Okogie, he played at number 17. He was a really good player. I really like his game. 
He's got a lot of athleticism. He's a lot of play that. It's going to be interesting in Minnesota when you got Wigan, Ro Rocco, you got Culver now, you got Okogi. You got a lot of pieces there. Guard, for, small forward. We'll see what they have to do out there, though, to fit them all in, if not trade. 18 miles bridges. He didn't have the best season, but we saw that Euro step win me. Oh, boy. That's why I'm going to have it a little bit higher when you see in the potential. Just wait for that. But Miles Bridges had a solid year. Started on the end of the year again for Charlotte, but I think he's big time. Troy Brown really showed up on the end of the year when they started shutting down players. I knew he was special. I love his game. Obviously, you watched him kill it in the summer league. He's something special to behold. I love what Washington's got in Troy Brown. Chandler Hutchinson, he sat out a lot, about a third of the season, I'd say. He also was a good player when he played. Starting to get his consistency before he got hurt. Hopefully, he bounces back. But hopefully, the window's not closed from also in Chicago. Devontae Graham obviously had the highest turnover assist ratio, not just as rookies, but entire NBA by a long shot. One of the greatest in NBA history. He was spectacular for Charlotte. Big time player for them on the playoff run. On the, start, trying to make the playoffs at the end of the year. Number 22, Penrith Williams. Really showed up after the Anthony Davis scenario went down. Played well for New Orleans. So they would go in there and start and just played at a very good level. Not sure where he's going to be in the NBA long term, but he was good as a rookie right there. Anthony Melton for Phoenix, number 25. And following that, or 23, number 24 is Okogo. Elliot Kobo. He, they both played very good for Phoenix. Bouncing in and out of who's starting. There wasn't much consistency at point guard. They both needed time to develop. You don't throw second-round picks into the fire like that to lead a team at point guard. That doesn't work out. So Brooklyn did Isaiah Whitehead and it burned them out. And it really was not the best. But I really do like Melton. I really do like Okobo. Melton, obviously, is in Memphis. I think it's going to give him time to learn and jaw develop with that young court, Tyus Jones. I like that group for him. Elliot Kobo is still with Phoenix. We'll see what happens there. Aaron Holiday, number 25, is in and out of the rotation a lot. But I expect a huge jump from Aaron Holiday in the upcoming year. I really, truly do like Aaron Holiday's game big time. Now, Amari Spellman for number 26. He averaged about a good five points. He's a good shooter for Atlanta. He has some work to do as well. Now they got traded out to Golden State for Damian Jones. But I do like his game. Gintabate's D-Up played big time the last couple of weeks of the season. Was on and off in the rotation, mostly in the G League last year. But I do like his game as well. He fits in there. JV and Carter, good defensive player. Had some good moments. not Others not so well. Mostly just got a lot of playing time in the tanking efforts. Jonathan Williams obviously showed up big time for the Lakers. Not under contract right now, but he was huge for the Lakers in the end of the year. Just showing energy, showing he can play, and I hope he gets a spot in the NBA because he truly does deserve it. Number 30, Hamidou Diallo. He had that big injury where he sat out a little bit. He, he missed a lot of games that way, but I truly do see the potential. He showed up big time in the summer league. I do like what Diallo is going to bring. But that's what I got for the top 30 rookies based on performance in their rookie seasons. Coming up next... We're going to kick off the highly anticipated Strife for Greatness in North Coast Blue Chips series with none other than the starter and one of the top players for the North Coast Blue Chips in Amir Robinson. Stay tuned, everyone. You're not going to miss what he has to say. I'm excited to be able to kick off the Strife for Greatness in North Coast Blue Chips series with one of the North Coast Blue Chips best players in Amir Robinson. How are you doing today? I'm doing pretty good. How about you? Pretty good. Right, let's just get right and talk about NCBC. So why did you originally decide to play with North Coast? Uh, well, originally, when um, first I've never heard of them until like uh, one of the tournaments down in Michigan is about fifth grade. Um, mm -hmm. I was going to with a local team that I play with that I play with in uh, Illinois. So uh, my friend was like, "Oh, we about to play LeBron, LeBron son, saying all this stuff." And then so when we went down there, I had this like like this chip on my shoulder, like I got to go down there and like kill them. Maybe you know what I mean? Like what everybody mm -hmm. basically do when they play us. Yeah. So so um, as we went down there, we had played them. And I just like I just went crazy against them. I have I think I had like twenty five or something points against them, and we ended mm -hmm. up beating them by a good like I think like five or ten. 
So okay. then after that, uh, they had asked me to come play with them in uh, the USBA Nationals in North Carolina. Mm-hmm. And then so I had I we went down there played we we made it to the championship and had lost. Oh no no we won that we won down there in fifth grade we had won, and ever since fifth grade summer I've been playing with them ever since. Wow, that's awesome. So I mean, obviously the team has changed a lot since the beginning of it to now. But talk about the team right now and how. Just talk about some of the players on there and what they bring to the table. Um, everybody brings like everybody has certain roles to the table. Uh, they bring to the table like we have a great backcourt like Coy. We got Brandon, Gabe, Bronny's mm-hmm. transitioning more into like a guard now, so he's handling the ball more. And basically, like everybody on our team can uh, rebound and go up the court with it. We have Moot that just joined the team. Landon, two uh, good people that we added to the team. Both both bigs that are down low that can rebound and still push the floor. Can each mm-hmm. shoot. Uh, and John ja, ja and Luke do, do they a job down low, rebounding, post scoring. Mm-hmm. So everybody everybody uh, does a job on the team, and we work well together. No doubt. And talk about Coach Joe and the rest of the coaching staff brings to the team too. Uh, Coach Joe and Coach Cubs are two great coaches. Um, they work together really well and communicate, and they do good on and off the court, uh, mm-hmm. making sure we all stay uh, together, stay as a brotherhood, and uh, stay as a team. Mm-hmm. Um, play calling, like keeping keeping our heads in the game, like everything they do very well. No doubt. So let's, let's talk a little more about the brotherhood, Bill. So talk about how you guys have kind of been able to build like a super strong connection with each other and how that transitions on and off the court. Oh, yeah, uh, totally. So um, we uh, last year and the year before, we've been going to tournaments and just spending, like, all this time with each other on and off the court. Uh, we had went to North Carolina and Vegas, so we spent, like, two full weeks with each other, and we've mm-hmm. done that two years in a row. So we've gotten to know each other, like, very well. Yeah. And it's basically just, like, another family during the summer for us. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that helps on the floor because you can talk to each other without, like, one person getting mad and, all this stuff and it's like good communication we talk to each other on the court and all that stuff no doubt so let's talk a little bit more about being a part of north coast blue chips so what's it necessarily like for you and what's the atmosphere like when you play games and all that oh uh, it it's it brings a huge chip on your shoulder you know you walk into the gym and every every tournament we play our every pool play like everything we play is our championship game because everybody comes and plays us with their a game and so we're playing kids that probably have their best game of their life against us and like Mm-hmm. and we always have to play, like, championship games, like, the whole weekend while they're all playing pool games. Yeah. So it's it's very difficult. Plus, you have all those people watching you, all these cameras. You just got to block all that stuff out and then also be able to play and, like, play, play your heart out. Mm-hmm, no doubt. So what do you say, in your opinion, are some of the best parts about playing with North Coast? The best part is probably the, our energy. Our mm-hmm. energy and – uh just the way we bond off the court, really. No and, like, no. um, just being just being on the court with them. Like, I know when we're going to go out, it's going to be a good game. Uh, I know off the court, after after the game, I know we're all going to be with each other and hang out. So, I know mm-hmm. every weekend, I know we have a tournament. It's going to be fun. No doubt. Talk a little bit more about since you've been there, what's, what's some of the changes that's been to the roster? Uh, changes that have been to the roster. Right now, uh, the, when I started playing – when I, when I started playing and the people that are still playing right now are me, Coy, Gabe, Bronny, and that, that's about it. Uh, so far we had Rayvon Lee, which was a big factor we had. We mm-hmm. had uh, we had um, 
Rayvon leave, Rod leave, which was also two huge factors for us. Mm-hmm. And um and um right and then we had Mikey leave, which he only played a few tournaments with us, but I don't really think he made he did make an impact on the team, but not big enough to where we needed to find new players. Mm-hmm. But Definitely. after Ray, after Rayvon left and Rod left, we just had to reach mm-hmm. out and find uh some new players. I think that we master maybe even better than what we had. No doubt. I mean, it's definitely, I mean, obviously, as you go, I mean, it is a different experience being a part of North Coast, and obviously there's a different atmosphere and all that, and then it's obviously something where everyone's super talented, so it's not necessarily like one guy is always able to necessarily just stand for out. Sure. For sure. So, I mean, obviously, sure. being able to go change around and go to different teams can always help a player as well, but also being able to bring in new guys is huge, too. Exactly. So, talk a little about your role on the team and what you bring to the table every game. Um, my role, um, I think my role is basically – just to just to make the right plays, basically. Like every time I go I go down the court, I feel like the ball does come in my hand at least once or twice, and mm-hmm. I feel like I need need to make a play with it, whether it's either taking it to the rack or finding the next open person. Um, mm-hmm. I think I need to get m- multiple mm-hmm. rebounds, offense and defense, and push push the ball, try to get easy fast break layups. Uh, no I'm trying to I'm trying to spread out my game, you know, uh, to mm-hmm. where I start shooting a little bit more. But on on this team, I feel like that those are basically my my main roles. Yeah, I mean, definitely watching. I mean, obviously, everyone plays a pretty big role on the team. I mean, yeah. obviously, yours kind of like that Draymond Green kind of like you just mesh and you just do the right things, and then you do you, you step up when you need to, but also you just you do this dirty work and you do what's needed to win games too. Exactly. So so far this season, what's been your favorite tournament you played in? My favorite tournament has to be Arkansas. Mm-hmm. Arkansas, the the crowd we had there, the energy, like it was just crazy. Off the court, we had all these all the fans storming us, mm-hmm. and uh, we had we had some uh, really huge games actually uh, against Team Griffin. That was probably one of the most fun games because we went we had to go into triple overtime, mm-hmm. and the thing wow. was uh, we had to play a six nine player and a, a seven footer, and Luke and Jaw had got fouled out, so we had to go two overtimes with with just, with me playing big against a seven footer. And we still managed, like, to – that's what I'm talking about, like, how our brotherhood comes in because we mm-hmm. fought through it and uh, won. Um, but the sad thing is we did lose that tournament. But uh, right after that um, three uh, over, three overtime game, uh, we had to play the championship right after. Oh, so wow. <laughs> that, that's what I was saying about, like, we play multiple championships. Like, I feel like that was our championship, but it really wasn't. Mm-hmm. You feel me? Yeah, no doubt. So, personally for you, what has been your favorite highlight play or the favorite play that you remember from the season so far? From this season, oh, I, 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 it's not even me. It's Jaw. When Jaw dunks, it's multiple <laughs> times. When he dunks and tries to break the rim, that's the funniest. <laughs> and, like, it gets us all hyped and going. Mm-hmm. So that probably has to be the highlight of the season. No doubt. I mean, let's talk a little also about your big block you had. I mean, obviously, a lot of people know the game winner that Bronny had right before it. I mean, if yeah. you didn't have that block, you still would have lost the game. So talk a little about that play and how you timed it up and was able to get a huge chase down block to win the game. Uh, so, um, well, I was the only one back at the time and I just saw one dude coming in. So I just ran at the rim cause I'd rather him shoot, shoot than he would, then I'll have an easy layup. So I just ran at the rim to protect it. Mm-hmm. And I saw him coming at me and I, I noticed that like he had a wide open layup. So I had to contest. Yeah. And, uh, so I just, I just, I just basically jumped up. If I found him, I found him because either way he had a layup, you feel me? Mm-hmm. So I just went up. I saw, I saw the ball. He went like, he barely got off the ground. The ball was just right there in my hand. So. I timed it perfectly, hit it, and then the timer ran out. 
no doubt. I mean, that definitely was a thing that went viral all over the place. And I mean, like I said, obviously a lot of people think of it for the the game winner shot by Brian, which was big time. I mean, the block was just as important. And obviously, that's what won a big time game for you guys. Yeah, it was a big game for us. Mm-hmm. So talk about your expectations. I think Vegas is one of you guys' last tournaments of the year. So talk about what you guys yeah. want, want to do there and what you expect to have done. Um, I this this needs. Uh, I think we really need to win this because so far throughout these uh throughout this year we have. We've been losing in like the semifinals and in the championship games, which really shouldn't uh, like have happened. We've just been uh, we we uh, kept letting teams come back when we have a sustainable lead. Mm-hmm. So I feel like if we keep like if we have a good lead and keep pushing it down their throats and keep going going, I think we should um, be able to win this tournament. I think we uh, we have we have the right players and everything. We just need the we just need the dog in us to come out. No doubt. So and obviously you also play a couple of times with the other North Coast Blue Chip team. So what's the night? Yeah. What's it like playing with that team? And I think it's you and Coy that play together. So what's it like playing on that team? Um, there's just a lot more freedom. There's not as much talent on that team, uh, to be honest. But there, mm. um, there's a lot of freedom that me and Coy have on that team. Uh, me and Coy try to bring what we put on the table for our real, our real Blue Chips team to our other Blue Chips team. Mm. Uh, we just. We just go out there and just play as hard as we can and uh, try to get the job done as we do on the other team. Mm-hmm. So how does your role necessarily change from the two different teams? Um, on this other team, I, I basically am more of a scorer. I'm more of like our one of our main scorers and more of a guard, guard-like type. Mm-hmm. Um, so I do, I do handle the ball a lot more, um, take a lot more shots, like, and basically I'm our, our main like offensive playmaker and uh, scorer. As long as long as uh as well as Koi, mm-hmm. like we we both dominate the ball and um probably probably uh probably average uh the most points on that team uh, together too. No doubt, I mean it's definitely something that's good too. I mean you get two different experiences, being able to be obviously playing within a role of a great team, but also being able to go work on your craft and becoming better and better as a player yourself. Exactly. So talk about exactly. your high school decision and what you're necessarily looking forward to this in this upcoming season. Uh, so for high school, I had um, and my options were basically St. V, uh, Bookdoll, and uh, and Copley. And mm-hmm. uh, for St. So St. V, I um I decided not to go there because of um of all the all the people that are coming over. They have a bunch of older guys. And I don't feel like I just don't feel like I could fit in and play my play my role over there. Okay. Um, they have a lot of guards, which I'm trying to transition into. Have mm-hmm. a lot of guards over there. Um. And they're all old. They're all older, so I'm. Um, the guards would probably play over me. And then mm-hmm. if I were to start, I would probably start as a four, which I was wasn't looking forward to. Yeah. So then, so then, um, I decided to go to uh Copley for one year because I also have an older brother, which is a senior. Um, I just decided to play one last year with him, and uh, me and Coy both get to dominate the ball next year. If okay. if Coy does does decide to go to Copley, we can mm-hmm. both dominate the ball next year, and um help lead our team to a finals, hopefully. Awesome. That's awesome. So I guess we can talk a little about Koi right now then. So how is your relationship with Koi and how does that translate on off the court? Uh, our, well, you Koi is our point guard, so you're going to have to have a great relationship with him, handling mm-hmm. the ball and taking care of the offense. And um, I did happen to move right by him, and we did go to the same school last year. So okay. I feel like our connection and our bond has gotten um, a lot tighter. Mm-hmm. So you're saying there is it still? Is he going to play your high school, or is he still deciding? Uh, he's still deciding, but um, hopefully he's leaning more towards Copley for at least one year. 
That's awesome. Talk a little bit more about your team. So what's other guys that surround you guys and what do they bring to the table? Um, we have my brother, which is a big uh, – he's kind of a stretch big, so he's, he can shoot and take it down low so that okay. and get rebounds for us. So that does does um, help us out a lot. Uh, we have this kid named uh, A.J. Campbell. He's kind of built like me, you know, like he's not as tall but real thick, can get mm-hmm. boards, can get rough. Uh, he's also a stretch, so we have those two that can shoot and also get down low and get physical. Uh, right now um, – we have um, – we're probably going to have someone off of JV play up next year to fill in okay. for our three spot. and uh, But we don't know who yet. And then our two backcourts will be me and Coy. That's awesome. Has there ever been a kid's school you've kind of rooted for since you've been younger? Or has it just been you just kind of like basketball job uh, in general? Texas Tech probably because that's where I was – I was born in Lubbock and my dad also coached for Texas Tech when I was okay. born. So, pro- so probably uh, someone has to go with Texas Tech. Okay, that's awesome. So in terms of high school, is there anyone you really would want to team up with, like anywhere in the country? Or uh, Chris Livingston was one, which was Bookdoll. I really did mm-hmm. want to go over there and play with him. If if I were to transfer my my sophomore, my sophomore or junior year or something like that, it would be to Bookdoll to play with him. Okay. And also my brother, which is one of the reasons I'm staying at Copley. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's definitely be something cool to be able to play alongside your brother at least for one year. Yeah. So in terms of all the NBA players right now, who is someone you kind of always dreamed of playing with? Oh, um, definitely Paul George. That is one of my favorite players right now. Mm-hmm. Like just his game plan, he can do it all. He played defense. He can he can uh, shoot the three, drive, handle the ball. He's kind of that all around player, which I'm looking, which I'm trying to be. Absolutely. So let's talk a little more about Paul George. So what's your thoughts on the trade? To be honest, I was kind of. Uh, Mad because I like mm-hmm. I like both players Russell and and Paul George, mm-hmm. but um I feel like if it was the right move for uh Paul George, if he was one because um I feel like they have a more chance of winning a ring if he goes over there. You feel me? Yeah, no doubt. Let's talk a little bit more about when did you first originally start playing basketball? When I was first, I when when I was young, like very young, my parents always had like that little mini hoop. I'm sure like a lot of people had. I just start just started off there was like playing with it, but you know I wasn't really taking it serious. I was just shooting there because it was there. I was just doing it for fun, but I didn't I didn't start taking it serious until like until actually in fifth grade when I beat the Blue Chips. Like I was like, man, they were like the number one team in the country. You know, I just had twenty five on them and beat them. You know, it really it really hit me that like, oh, I might have like a chance at this. So then I started taking it more serious and mm-hmm. doing more workouts and uh, trying to get on better teams. Like the blue ships, join them, and um, just keep trying to work it and get better. That's awesome. So, when was your first dunk you've ever had? First dunk was at sixth, going into seventh. I had I had a dunk, but it was one of those things where like you didn't get it on video. And you want to be like, oh look, I dunked, I dunked, and no <laughs> one believed you. Mm-hmm. Uh, first first on camera dunk was uh, seventh grade. Okay. That's awesome. So what's one part of the game you've really worked on this past summer? Really worked on? Uh, I've been trying to transfer into a guard this summer, so I've been really doing work on my ball handling and uh, shooting and making the right passes, so be, becoming a guard, basically. Absolutely. That's awesome. I mean, that's something that – I mean, you hear a lot of stories. I mean, always having the guard aspect to your game is key, especially in today's basketball. I mean, exactly. obviously, if you grow – if you also to shoot up like Anthony Davis did to seven foot when you're – going to college or something, then obviously you have guard skills as a big man, which is huge. 
But, I mean, always just having that's huge for your career. For sure, for sure. We'll talk about your daily day in terms of workouts. Like, how often do you work out? What kind of workouts do you do? Uh, so, um, me and Quay work out, work out a bunch together. Basketball training with uh, God's Court, Connor. He's a good mm-hmm. trainer uh, to live by us. We'll probably be, like, three, three to four times a week also. Okay. And then, and then, but you have to put that together. Like, when school comes, you always got to put school first. So, you gotta make, I have to make sure all my schoolwork is done and then be able to go out there and train. No doubt. I mean, that's definitely something that you always have to value. I mean, even the best of the best, still making sure you get the education is always a big-time thing. Exactly. So what part of your game do you take the most pride in? Just that I'm very physical. I will, mm. like, I, if you're taking a charge on me, I will make you feel it. No doubt. So who would you say would be the best player you've ever played alongside? The best player i ever played alongside – uh, to be honest, I'm just going to have to say the blue chips because every player on there is probably the best. All of them are the best players I've ever played with. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have I have played with some like with some other great great players, um, but the blue chips like that whole team is probably the the uh, best people I've ever played with. No doubt. So when you talk about who would you say would been has been like the best player you've ever played against? The best player I ever played against. I will have to go with Elijah Fisher on that one. Uh, mm-hmm. We were go- we were going head to head in it at the uh, D Ridge camp. I've yet to I've yet to play him like I've yet to play him in a real like game besides mm-hmm. the camp. But we was going head to head in that camp. That's something that a lot of people don't necessarily realize as much because he doesn't necessarily have as much Instagram fame as like a lot of other people do. Yeah. But he's someone that obviously if you people watch him and he's, people will learn his name soon enough. But he's someone that obviously he can score. Well, he really is like a superstar player for the modern day NBA, especially. Yeah. So in terms of this, so let's talk a little bit more about the NBA. So who would you say has been your favorite NBA team, or is your favorite NBA team? Uh, it was OKC because I like I like I like Stephen Adams. He kind of reminded me a little bit of myself when I was younger, body mm-hmm. kids and get rebounds. <laughs> um, I, I like how Russell Westbrook plays just with his energy. And mm-hmm. yeah, someone some people might say him he dominates the ball, doesn't pass, is it? Doesn't pass mm. in, all that stuff, but still a great player, one of the best point guards to ever play. No doubt. And uh, Russell and um, Paul George, the great all around player. So that mm. team, they, they were looking nice. They just didn't have what it takes, I guess. Yeah, I mean, that's something I always like to defend for Westbrook's side. I mean, from people just slam him a ton, I mean, it's like almost the same thing with LeBron as well. I mean, it's really just pointless. I mean, when you look at it, okay, maybe Westbrook didn't have enough wins and all that. But there's a lot yeah. of those things. I mean, if, if if he was that bad, how is he leading the NBA in assists? I mean, exactly. it's, it's just I think he gets unnecessary slam for reasons that I mean he plays harder than any, any most any other player in the entire NBA, which is exactly. unfortunate people slam him for. But so let's talk a little about free agency then. What has been some of the biggest surprises and shocks to you? That uh, Kawhi Leonard. I'm pretty sure that mm-hmm. was for everybody. Because yeah. the thing was. I either thought he was going to go to L.A. or stay home. Like, the Clippers, is like, would never cross my mind at all. Mm-hmm. And I mean, so, when I I was like, yeah, I was up for that, too. I was, it was, like, 2.30 in the morning. I was looking <laughs> at my phone, and I see that. I was like, what? Mm-hmm. I thought it was, like, a meme or something. But, no, nah, it was for real. <laughs> I was in the middle of recording the free agency recap and all right when it happened. So, I had to redo, like, the entire West, Eat Western and Eastern Conference one. But... Yeah. <laughs> But, I mean, I think that one was a huge one. I mean, this whole offseason has been crazy. I mean, like I saw today, someone was talking about, like, almost as if you were playing 2K and simmed a couple years. Exactly. I mean, 
no one's – I mean, you see I mean, Westbrook was – I mean, going to the offseason, I mean, anyone saw Westbrook or Paul George. Brooklyn gets their guys. Lakers at AD. Clippers make Knicks a duo. Knicks got screwed. <laughs> D-Lo's going to Warriors. I mean, it's something that we've never really seen, but surely shows why the NBA is such a great sport. Exactly. So talk about the NBA draft. Who would you say end up becoming the top five players from this year's draft class? Top five? Um... RJ, I don't know if I want to put him in there or not. I don't know if he just had a bad few games or this is how he's going to be. be. Like, I can't really, I can't really mm-hmm. tell until like the season. But like, just yeah. going, just going off of college, uh, probably RJ going go throw Zion in there, Kobe White, uh, John Morant and uh, Jackson Hayes. I have to throw my boy Jackson in there. He's been going stupid in the, in the uh summer league. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think it gives credit to Shaka Smart what he's doing on Texas. I mean, the amount of big men that he's created for modern-day NBA has been crazy. I mean, when you look at Jackson Hayes, Bamba, Jared Allen, Miles Turner, I mean, they're definitely producing at a high level, and Jackson Hayes looks like he's going to be another legit NBA center. Yeah. Totally so agree what, with that. Mm-hmm. I mean, definitely, I think this draft class is going to be some. I don't know if it's going to be – I mean, last year's draft class was insane, like historically great, but I, mean, I think there's going to be a lot of just really solid good players in the NBA for a long time. Yeah. So who do you say, in your opinion, when in one year from now, where do you want to be as a player? Like, what accomplishments do you want to have, or what do you want to have winning, or what do you want? Well, for for anybody that played basketball to be the number one in the country, like mm-hmm. if you ask anybody, that should be the goal. But yeah. to be like to be like I don't care about rankings, but like just to just to feel that like everybody has like oh he's number one, I'm coming at like him. I want mm-hmm. I want to have like everybody come at me and be the one to beat. You feel me? Which that's yeah. what I think the blue chips are. Mm-hmm. No doubt. But I just want I just want to be that guy that like when I step on the court, like everybody's like, "Oh, we gotta beat him. We gotta do all this." Mm-hmm. I mean, definitely that's something that a lot of people can put on the chip, and that's obviously something that portrays a lot of people. But like you said, I mean, that's something that key I think for all basketball players. I mean, rankings it's cool to look at maybe, but don't necessarily take it to heart because when you think about it, it's like especially this last year's draft class. How many of the guys that were top players slid, and then how many guys were unranked went up to yeah. the top first round? I mean, rankings can change drastically. It just depends on how hard the player works and what do they do with that chip. Exactly, and they should they should use that as motivation. Like if you see someone above you that you don't mm-hmm. think that should be above you, go out there and show them that they shouldn't be above you. You feel me? Oh yeah, absolutely. So in your life so far, what would, who would you say has been your biggest role model? The biggest role model. Well, I got I gotta say my parents, my parents in that one. Um, I had had a lot of people help me throughout my life that like showed like that they did have money. Like a lot mm-hmm. of people from Illinois, they had money and like showed they basically showed me how to put used to it mm-hmm. and like use it for good. Also, my parents um, showed me they basically raised me like raised me right, raised me what to do with money, how to use it, what not to do with it. Mm-hmm. Um, taught me how to be a good kid, like not let all this fame go to my head. All that no stuff. Doubt. That's awesome. So finally, I would like to wrap it up by talking a lot about some about God. So how would you say he's helped you, and how does he impact your life on the daily day? Uh, he's helped me a lot, actually. Um, before I moved to Ohio, I really didn't go to church, do none of that, or do any of it. Like, I, I believed in him, but I wasn't really into it. But as I moved to Ohio, I found this church. Uh, a lot of kids that go to my school go to it. Um, I've been going to it uh, quite a bit, and I felt like, basketball's been a lot better, life's been a lot better, like, everything been a lot better, you feel me? Mm-hmm. That's awesome. I mean, definitely, that's God's something that can always, no matter what stage of life you're in, he's there to guide you, 
And obviously, some people are born into the, in the religion with God, and then some people take longer. But it's always great to have the great stories along with it. Exactly. Well, it's been great chopping up with you, my guy. And best of luck at the CP3 camp and at Vegas. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. All right. God bless. Uh, you too. All right, so I want you guys to know about the performance of the rookies in their rookie year. But what about the potential? What about the future? That's all coming up next. Stay tuned. You're not going to miss it. All right, folks, so the potential. There's a lot of players in this rookie class have just said they have the potential to be the greatest rookie class of all time. Greatest single class. That's a, that's a very high standard when you're looking at guys like LeBron, D-Way, Carmelo, and company. When you're looking at guys like Michael Jordan, Hakeem Olajuwon, and so on. But this was the very first thing, as I said, since the MJ class, to have the first five picks also make the all-first-team NBA. Now, that's something special and spectacular, but what do these guys stack up in the future? Well, let me break it down to you. Number one, he was the second pick in the draft last year from Arizona. Marvin Bagley III, I sac- played for Sacramento, big-time player. I saw him Duke. Everyone knew he should have been the number one pick. A lot of people did, but he wasn't. Listen. A power four is not as not as easy to find today. He can shoot the ball. He's shown that. Despite that at a high level. He's clearly athletic. One of the most athletic players in the NBA. He's doing everything. He has his little out of control at times last year. But he slowly moved into his role more and more throughout the rest of the course of the season. And guess what? He just had a whole offseason to work out with Luke Wallen and this young core. And him, De'Aaron Fox, Buddy Heald. Obviously, out of reason, you got Barnes. You got company. It's something special. I like what Sacramento is doing. I think he will end up being the best player in this rookie class. Now, Luka Doncic, people have talked about it. Zach Lowe responded saying, if you lose 15 pounds, this is a body fat, what does he turn into? That's his next level to do. Well, yeah, it could be something special. I think he's a Hall of Famer. But so is Marvin. So is a couple of the guys on the list. Luka is something special. Obviously, he's a player you can build your team around. Your entire franchise can be built around Luka Doncic, and that's why I'm the second best player. Number three, DeAndre Ayton. Out of Phoenix, yes, he will be something spectacular. Now, I think he has the potential to be a Hall of Fame player. Will he be a player that can win championships with? Or at least be around. I don't know. But will his stats be one of the top? Yes. And that's why I see him doing it. At some point, I think there will be a time that the era changes again. That has to be. That always is. And that era might have to be shooting the ball th- further back. Or there's going to be the most dominant big man come in and just wreck havoc in the NBA. More dominant than NBA and all these guys. We go back down to a low post work. Maybe that happens. Maybe not. I think there's a high chance that does occur at some point. And that's when DeAndre will flourish. If that is the case. I see him a lot. He reminds me a lot of someone like Dwight Howard. Number four, Jaron Jackson Jr. I called it. He's long. He's lengthy. He can shoot. He can do everything. He'll be a 10-plus time All-Star. He's something special that, sh- that Memphis will be able to build around. And they could be a contending player. He's definitely a player you can build a team around for a contending championship team. And especially if John Morant turns out to be who we want him to. That's something special. And, of course, what Brandon Clark's doing. Number five, Trey Young from Atlanta. Yes, and he will be a 5-plus time, 6-7-time All-Star as well. Maybe even, make a, maybe even do further than that. I think he might not stay in Atlanta his whole career. But he's something special. I love Trey Young. He clearly showed he could shoot at a very high level. But listen, these guys are all superstars in the NBA. These guys are going to look at the faces of the NBA for a very long time. And Trey Young's in that very same group right there. No reason he can't be. Number six, Mitchell Robinson. Perfect error for him. Shot blocking. He can go and just run the court. Throw lobs to him. Perfect. He's going to thrive like a Rudy Gobert on this player. And yes, Rudy Gobert's stats may not be as crazy. But he's a championship player. And he's a player we all know. And he should have been an all-star. Shady Dallas Alexander, number seven. Now, newly acquired man out of, for Oklahoma. He's something I'm going to be able to build around. Let him learn from Chris Paul. No, not really guys, any guys better. Than, if not, I don't think there are any guys better than Chris Paul to learn from. 
he'll take Shea's game to a whole other level. I love it. That's a player you can, one of the guys you can help build around. Maybe he'll be an all-star a few times. Sexton, same thing as Shea. He's another great player. I think him and Garland will thrive together out in Cleveland and the new system to brought in by John Beeline. Now, Miles Bridges for Charlotte. I called you guys. I told him he's going to come up. He was just developing. Yes, Famous Lowe said he has got. He looks like Westbrook with LeBron's body and all. Yeah, he's something special. I don't know how special he is with that case. He might be a couple-time All-Star. I don't necessarily know what level he is, but he's something special that I truly do love in Miles Bridges for Charlotte. They have a good piece right there. Michael Porter Jr., I don't know. He hasn't played yet, but I'm putting him at number 10. Just because you look at him, he's 6'10", 6'11", whatever you want. He can shoot. I don't know. Something like you could, he's going to be able to play in the NBA. I don't know to a level. Maybe he's just going to be a good player. as a shooter and all. He's a top 30 player from this draft class. Stays in the NBA for a long time. Or he could become an all-star kind of guy that you build a team around. Something like Gordon Hayward. I could see him a lot panning out like that. I really could. Maybe, of course, people said the Carmelo Anthony thing. I don't know. I see him a little different than that, but we'll see. Mohamed Bamba, number 11. He has slipped from the draft, but I still like where he's at. Bamba, someone for Orlando. He didn't play well. I don't think he's going to be staying in Orlando, but he's someone very good. He's a very modern-day shot blocker. He's long, lengthy. He's just like Mitchell Robinson, but I do like him a lot. He has the potential to be a top-10 player from this draft class. We have to see if he's getting the right system. That's why I do keep saying I really think that San Antonio should look at a move of moving DeMar DeRozan out to Orlando, or at least Orlando try and offering Aaron Gordon Mohamed Bamba, maybe adding a couple of young pieces you might have. Not Isaac, don't don't touch him. Maybe Chuma, whatever it may be, and a couple of picks. Number, I'm going to go with number 12 is Lonnie Walker. We saw what he could do in a couple of games in the summer league, averaging 30 points a game. I said he's special. I think DeJounte Murray's locked in. I think Lonnie Walker's locked in. I think you're going to have a battle between, Bryn to be a backup, but I think you're going to have a battle between Derek White, you got Kelton Johnson, you got a couple guys that's going to be battling for that other spot, with DeRozan having to be gone at some point. Now, at number 13, I got Landry Shamat. I think he's just going to be another great shooter. Stay, in the wrong, stay around in the league for a long time. almost like a J.J. Reddick kind of player. You're going to keep him there. Number 14, Kevin Heater. I like him for Atlanta. I told you guys he's good. He might be able to fall a little bit long further, but I like his game. He can shoot. He's a little bit longer tall. He can play the shooting guard, small forward spot. I love his game. Number 15, McCall Bridges. Yes, he's older. He's got, he got that Kyle Kuzma older coming in kind of thing like that going on. I like him. I don't know if his future is long-term at Phoenix. Now they brought Ubre. Or if Uber's going to be shipped out soon, we'll see, obviously. But McCall Bridges, I like his game. He's going to be a Trevor Reza kind of player for a long time. Now, at number 16, I got Kevin Knox. Yeah, he slid quite a bit. Sorry. He's a good player, but he's inconsistent. I'm not sure how he fits in with RJ Barrett, Mitchell Robinson in this core. We'll see, but I do like what New York's doing, as I said. I think he could fit in pretty well and become a very good player for this squad, but we'll have to see. Now, next up, I got Wendell Carter Jr. Obviously, I think there's a chance he becomes a Jaleel Kufer again. I really do, sadly, but... I just don't see a translate. I think Daniel Gafford for Chicago is going to be a sleeper. He's going to come off the bench for the majority of the year. Maybe they're tanking again on the end of the year and ends up starting. We'll see, but I think I don't know if Wendell's long-term going to be in Chicago. I know they don't want to trade him, but I'm just not sure how good I like, really like Wendell Carter to that degree. Not saying he can't be in the NBA for a long time. I think he will be, but I'm not sure to what degree. Now, next spot up, I got Z- Zaire Smith. Now, I think it's between Zaire Smith and Anthony Simons, which obviously I'm putting Anthony Simons next up, but I just... I really do like Zaire Smith. He's so athletic. You can see that. And he's going to fit right, in, right into Philly. Now, I do think there's a potential that Josh Richardson coming over might take in a spot. But there's a spot on that bench where he can develop for another year or so, at least one year. And then maybe a free agent comes up again and Philly moves him into that starting lineup. Almost like what's going on in Milwaukee now. And maybe either Dante DiVincenzo, Pat Connaughton, one of those guys up. I do like that. But yes, next up, we do have Anthony Simons. I do love him. He's a great player. He's tall. 
I think he's gonna be another Dennis Schroeder kind of player. He's gonna be off. He's gonna be backing up a superstar point guard, MVP caliber point guard for a few years. They're gonna trade him with a lot of value and see where he goes from there. I mean, he's just someone I really do. I, I truly do love his game and the way that that guy plays. Now, number the next spot will be Rodion's Karuks. He's a great player, obviously, for Brooklyn. I think he's, he may not be a superstar stat-wise, but he'll be in the league for a very, very long time. Now, could it be someone like Daniel Gallinari and light it up? Sure, but I'm not sure where he'll do that, if it's will be in Brooklyn or not. But he's going to bring that intensity, that Wilson Chandler kind of body and atmosphere, probably a 12-point per game. That's why I love Wilson Chandler coming in and helping mentor him. Next up is Troy Brown Jr. I talked about it. I love this guy. His cat's a strong player. He can do a lot of things. He's going to be one of the core pieces for Washington moving forward. Love his game and what he brings to the table. Aaron Holiday is next. He's going to have a big bench role playing alongside his brother now out in Indiana. Love bringing Justin Holiday. I'll talk about that later. But Aaron Holiday is something I think is going to take another step. We saw a lot of good flashes. Killed it at the Summer League. Give him that backup role. Maybe even some more minutes while Oladipo is gone. But he's going to take a backup role. Obviously, they brought in Brogdon. They brought in Lamb. They have Oladipo. But he's going to develop under that role. Maybe take a starting spot eventually in Indiana or somewhere else and be traded. We'll see what happens. But I truly do love him. Now, next spot, I got Kieta Bates Diop. Love the guy's game. I think he has a higher upside than Josh Kogi. I do like his length. I like the way he can defend and play. Big time player there. Next up, I don't know yet. I do have Robert Williams there, but I think he might be able to slide. I just don't know. His high shooting percentage is not high. He's not scoring. Yes, he's athletic and rebound. Got to get him to a place like Houston. A pick and roll, Lob City kind of place. That's, what's, where, that's where he will ultimately end up thriving at. Next up, I got Josh Kogi, though, his teammate. I do love his game. Okoge can score. I just don't know how it's going to fit out in Minnesota. There's a lot of pieces that have to be moved. Like I said, there's a lot of. I don't expect offseason to even be close to done. A lot of trades have to happen to fill out these rosters, finish out these rosters, relook these rosters to how the coach fails. I mean, Cleveland doesn't even look right yet. We see. We'll see what goes down. That's what I got. Next up, I got John and Musa. I like him a lot. I, it's between John and Musa and Trier. I want to say I have Okoge, Trier, and Musa all pretty much tied. I think Musa is longer than everyone else. He's more athletic and, and that, not as athletic, but he's longer, more NBA prone. You saw the way he's just able to shop luck. He's still young, still developing. But Alonzo Trier is right there. I put all three of those guys right next to each other. I mean, Alonzo Trier can get buckets. I think he could start very well. But I do like the idea of him coming off the bench. I know everyone's saying, why not start him? Because the bench role is truly, truly a great spot. As you hear later on by some other people I talked to, we'll talk about how key that bench role truly is. Next up, Sabine McKayla. You saw him kill for Detroit in the summer league. He's coming. He can shoot. Lights out. Detroit needs to utilize him. He needs to find a home and let him shoot. He might be a guy like Tobias, I'll say, to the all-star level. But just in terms of he'll keep moving around until he finally finds a home. And hopefully that comes sometime soon. Then, Hamid Diallo. He was a little surprising rough there, but the summer league showed me he can still ball. and He's going to be an athletic, great player. Next, Dante DiVincenzo at 30. I love the guy's game. Great player from Milwaukee. I think he might be a starter. Might be a six-man. We'll see. Then I got Chandler Hutchinson. I like him. Like I said, he was good, but I don't know if he's going to fill in Chicago. This, now, from here on out, it gets a little rough. I don't know. We'll see. Bonga, I'm very high on him. I, I understand LA had to move him to get cap, and that's it, overall, it worked out. But I think Washington got a very good player there. Ortiz Wagner, also a good player. I'm not sure how. I don't know how long he'll last in Lee. I think he was picked a little too high last year. Could have been a second-round pick, but we'll see what happens. D'Anthony Melton for Memphis now being tra- traded out. Let him develop. I do like his game. Grayson Allen, not sure all that stuff was in the summer league. But besides that, he can still ball. He dropped 40 in one of the last games of the season. Big-time player there. Along with, obviously, beside Anthony Simons. We saw Gary Trent. A lot of them lighted up there. Then I'm going to go Chimenzi Metu. He's in San Antonio. i got to get him upside there. How do you not? Jalen Brunson is another veteran. Not sure how long he'll last. Right next to him is Coach Sanchez Keep letting him develop. Let him develop. Let him keep going. Go, go. We'll see if maybe he teams up with Giannis out in Milwaukee at some point. 
I'm not 100% sure. Next up, I got Kyrie Thomas. I like the guy. He showed up a couple games for Detroit. I like his game a ton. Garrett Trent, I do like him as well. He can shoot, can play, he can ball. I love that guy. Now, Theo Pinson for Brooklyn. He's got re-signed. His energy will keep him in the league a while, but he also can ball. That's the good part about him. Uh, obviously, Devontae Graham, great player there. L.A. Kobo as well. Then Amari Spellman. We'll see what he does in Golden State. He has a chance to thrive out there. Being able to stretch the court out, shoot the three. I do love his game a ton. Next up, I got Javion Carter. Not sure how much longer he'll last. He'll be a good defensive presence for Phoenix. Him and Michael Bridges should be something fun to watch. Duncan Robinson shot up big time in the summer league. I like that guy's game. He can shoot. I think he needs to find a home. If it's Miami somewhere else, give him a chance. But he might be able to skyrocket on this chart right here I just made. Then I'm going to go with Kevin Williams. Also a good player. Not sure if he'll be remaining with New Orleans. But it could be another one of those wave situations to be claimed quickly, just like Christian Wood was waived and claimed by Detroit real quickly. Gary Clark for Houston, another good player. Shake Miller under a four-year deal, obviously, with Philadelphia. I like his game. Let him keep developing. And lastly, Jonathan Williams. He's a player that should be in the league for a few more years at least. He's just energy, ready to go every night and night out. I love what that guy can bring to the table every night. So that's why I see the potential in this year's rookie and last 2018 rookie class. So that's what I got to say about them. But they have had a very bright future ahead of them. Coming up next, I'm going to give you guys a brief little free and see recap of what's gone down in the past week. Not a lot of moves have happened, but let's find out. So stay tuned. Coming up right after this. All right, so over the past week, we've seen a couple things. Utah has signed two guys, William Howard and Stanton Kidd. Kick came off the G League or the summer league team. Didn't play a lot. William Howard's coming from over from overseas. Both guys are wings that are going to potentially compete for the roster. As for Shaq Diallo, he's going to the Phoenix Suns on a two-year $3.5 million deal. It's a minimum contract. Monty Williams was the man that drafted him out of New Orleans. He wants to keep developing Diallo. He's for sure a rotational player, if not a starter. I like his game. 22 years old is it. He played big time in a lot of games last year. Christian Wood also played big time for New Orleans. He was waived and claimed quickly off waivers by Detroit. He killed it last year on the end of the year. Absolutely monster. I'm surprised that they let him go. I really like his game. Excited to see what he does out in Detroit. After being released and waived, Shaquille Harrison was re-signed to Chicago. They mostly just needed to waive him so they could cre create the openings to go to the sign trade for Sadoransky, move make that and that sign that young. He's back now. He will have to compete for a rush spot though. Now, Naz Reed, he was originally undrafted free agent, obviously. He was able to be converted now over from a two-way contract, which he originally was signed to now to a four-year minimum color minimum minimum deal. He'll be able to be in Minnesota developing, probably spend a lot of time in the G League, but he also could be on the rotation. We'll see. I like his talent though. And then the big one, obviously, Justin Holiday is now signed in Indiana. Love that signing. He has a good team up with his brother Aaron Holiday in Indiana. But not just that, but he's also a very good defensive player. One of the top steel players was huge in that. I mean, it was a big. Obviously, Chicago got a lot in return. Memphis gave quite a bit to get Justin Holiday for a bench player. Justin Holiday is something that reminds, reminds me a lot of James Ennis, a really just good player on a playoff roster. I think he's going to fit in perfectly in Indiana. Potentially even starts. We'll see how him and T.J. Warren battle that out. And Doug McDermott. Now, non-guaranteed signings. You see Anthony Bennett. He's now going with Houston. You see Devin Robinson going to Toronto. Cameron Payne to Toronto. A lot of these guys are all getting training camp deals with a chance to make the 15-man roster. Some more than others. Toronto obviously has some spots on the back end. Houston definitely has a lot of spots. Some of them, the mostly just going to be sent over to the G League deal during the Exhibit 10. Jeremiah Martin is going to Miami. Chris Silver is Miami. And Kyle Alexander. Isaiah Pinero, he's going to Sacramento. Tariq Owens, he's going to Phoenix. Javante Green to Boston. Amir Burma, he's going to Indiana, and Rivante Rice also going to Phoenix. Once again, they're on Exhibit 10 deals. It's not mean too much, but they do get to go to the summer. They get a guaranteed spot on the G League team with that team. So, for example, the Suns, they're going to go to Flagstaff and play for that squad. 
Obviously, just see the different stuff. Toronto guys, they could go play for the Raptors 905 at Jordan Howard talked about on Wednesday's episode. A lot of stuff, but we'll keep seeing this stuff come in. Obviously, you're going to see training camp rosters start to be filled out, but I still expect so many moves because a lot of rosters just do not look complete. We'll see what goes down, though. It's going to be interesting, but I'll keep you guys up to date on the next episode on every episode up until the season. Coming up next is Shoes on. I know you guys all love listening to this and what I got to say in this part. Well, I hit up some topics real quickly that the media did not cover enough. I'm going to hit up Pat Beverly buying his mama car. I'm going to talk about Kemba getting number eight. Damien and what his game winner was for. James Harden, some of the stuff he's got going down. Kyle Lowry and his gifting and his injury and so much more. Coming up next, you're not going to miss Shoes on as we wrap up this episode. So I've got two stories to talk about and truly what defines Shoes on and why I made it. Players that deserve more credit for the good stuff they do. And this is Pat Beverly. Patrick Beverly just got a $40 million deal with the LA Clippers. Well deserved there. He went and bought his mama a house. Obviously he said that was his dream. Also, just it's about football. Nicole Hardman at the Kansas City Chiefs also did the very same thing. Big props to those guys. That's just awesome to see that. Obviously, a lot of these guys don't come from the best of places. It's just it's unfortunate, but they that's the cool thing about them. They're all strong believers. They're all go and do the best thing for the community. They just, they just want to help out. And obviously, they did something that the mom that is always there for them, they go and repay. And that's something that's truly amazing to watch for anyone, and they need more attention for that. It's outrageous that the media can't just give a whole lot of attention to this and everyone gets alerts about this. But we found out about minor surgery that players have and just stuff like that. This horrible media stuff they want to blast on them. And I, I, I disrespect it, as you guys know. But that is what went down Pat Beverly. I'm big props to him. Now, CP3 is likely to start the season on Oklahoma City Thunder. Now, a lot of people, originally, I thought about this, and nah, they're not going to pan out well, but if they keep them, listen to this. I do like a CP3, Schroeder, Shedros Alexander, Gallinari, and Steven Adams lineup. That is a very nice starting lineup. Then you got a whole lot of young guys developing. Obviously, you got whatever Darius Basley, Basley turns out to be. Ferguson keeps developing. Diallo develops. You got a lot of this stuff. And then you got to remember, Andre Roberson hopefully is coming back. I don't know what shelf Roberson, the great defender he was, will be, because he's obviously missed a long time, almost two years, but we will see. Kevin Walker got number eight, and Tony, Anton Walker blessed him with that number. Big time props. It might be interesting because I think Kemba had the chance of getting his jersey ultimately retired by the end of his career here in Boston. It will be interesting to watch, but I love that. It's obviously just a great thing that players have, show respect for that. It will be interesting to see, though, if that does indeed happen, if they somehow retire two eights or what goes down, we'll see. But Damian Lillard, he had a game winner, you know, against Oklahoma, set them in the rebuild as we like to label it as now. He said that was dedicated to Seattle. Take it as you want, but clearly that was the message being sent. James Harden has also now decided to invest and become in the ownership group for the two soccer teams in Houston. They're Dynamo and Dash soccer teams. Big time move. Just always wanted to improve the money. That's awesome businessmen. That's why I truly respect LeBron. I respect all these guys that do this. It's big time what they do. Now, Nike decided to file a counter lawsuit against Kawhi Leonard over the Claw logo. We'll see how that continues to pan out. It will be interesting as it comes down to that. Now, also about James Harden. Harden and Anthony Davis have both withdrawn from Team USA. Australia has also now lost to Ben Simmons. And Tristan Thompson will not play for Canada. It's not that big of a deal. A lot of these countries, the teams will make it no matter what. Let's try to get into the Olympics. We'll see what happens, though. Now, Kyle Lowry, he underwent a procedure on his left thumb. He hopes to be ready for Team USA training camp. We'll see if that occurs or not. But that's what went down. But here's the true thing about Kyle Lowry. He went and go check it out. Please go look it up. It's honestly something you don't want to miss. Kyle Lowry sent a video to a super fan. That is 92 years old. Alvina, she was obviously a big fan of them, and he decided to go send her that video of him talking to her, just having a message with her, and also send her autographed jersey and picture. It's truly a big time thing from a player that just won a championship. 
That's why I love seeing out of players. Because truly, players are not just people. They're not just players. They're, they're people. That's what I'm trying to say. I mean, you look at this. We treat them as just talking. We just talk. We just talk about them as like the nobodies. They're just robots. They're not. They're people just like you and me. They're people. They have hearts and they care, and that's what's awesome when you see them give back, and it just shows you they do care about everyone and they want what's best. So stop making this blasphemy and this ridiculousness about all these players. These people, these guys are great people. You need to know them and truly see them. Don't listen to what the media wants to portray them as because that's their decision and that's not always true. These guys are great people. And I applaud players like Kyle Lowry, Pat Beverly, and so many of these guys that do stuff like this. But that wraps up Shoes Zone. Hope you guys all enjoyed it. Obviously, it'll be on the end of every episode of Shoes Views. Thank you so much, everyone, for joining me today on Shoes Views episode 28. Hope you guys all enjoyed it. And I hope you guys are all so excited for the rest of the Shoes Views series with Strive for Greatness and North Coast Blue Chips. I hope you guys all enjoyed the launch of it with Amir Robinson. I hope you guys are all ready, because on Monday, the very first Strive for Greatness player and Isaac Peralta comes on the show, discusses playing for Strive for Greatness and so much more. It's going to be something special. But if you guys want to stay up to date on that, stay up to date on the show, the breakdown, where I break down the Hyatt Rose with some of the players right there with me on my YouTube channel. Well, go follow me on Instagram and Twitter, at Zach Shoemaker. Trust me, you're not going to miss it. Also, go subscribe to my YouTube channel, Shoes Views Zach Shoemaker for just random content sometimes, or if you guys want to catch the shows, it's The Breakdown. You're not going to miss it. The first episode is that with Cho Mario. Now, also you can go like my page on Facebook, at Shoes Views, Zach Shoemaker, The Breakdown, all that good stuff. Also, whatever platform you may be listening to the podcast app, please don't forget to subscribe, don't forget to comment, don't forget to like, don't forget to share, whatever you want to do to keep spreading Shoes Views around the world. Let's make this thing big time, and I appreciate all you guys for being here along with me. Now, if you also want to get involved with Shoes Views, I would love you guys to. I'd love to answer questions if you guys might have. Hear comments, hear whatever it might be, and I'll put them on the show in the very next episode. Go to voice messages in the Anchor app or Anchor website. It's big time. You're not going to miss that. Well, with that being said, everyone, I'll catch you guys all later. Shoes is out. Everyone go be the light of God, and God bless. <laughs>